When you have the right recon process in place, it's easy to stay ahead of the game. Put your recon on cruise control today with iRecon, the solution built directly in Viato that obliterates recon inefficiencies and accelerates your used car sales. Visit viato.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, December 23rd, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, new FTC rules, worker shortages, and rising interest rates. Unlike staffing and inventory, there's been no shortage of news affecting F&I and fixed ops professionals in 2022. Today, a conversation with Automotive News fixed ops and F&I senior editor, Dan Shine. There was concern that there was gonna be in an increased enforcement, increased uh, regulatory oversight of dealerships and F&I practices, and that has come true. Jamie, between now and the end of the year, we'll be changing up things a bit here on Daily Drive. So instead of going through our usual headlines like we always do at the top of the show, we're going to take a little more time to talk with our reporters and editors about all the big stories affecting their beats. Yeah, we thought this would be a good opportunity to look back at 2022 in more depth. We've already brought you a few of these year-in-review conversations this week, and we're just extending them out a bit for the rest of the year to get into more stories, more details, and more of what's ahead in 2023. And what better way to start off than with our own Dan Shine, who you hear each Friday on Daily Drive, talking about issues affecting the service drive as well as the finance and insurance office. And it's been a big year for fixed ops and F&I, Jamie. Yes, it has. Between the Federal Trade Commission's new F&I rules that have riled dealers and all of the economic forces that retailers have had to navigate, Dan and I had plenty to cover. Here's our conversation. Dan Shine, welcome back to Daily Drive. Jamie, great to be here. You know, it's uh, it's Friday. Uh, we're in our year-in-review series, um, but of course, uh, Daily Drive audiences are used to hearing from you on Fridays, whether it's a F&I Friday or more of a fixed ops Friday, you've become a, a real institution within our show. Institutionalized maybe, but uh, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's, it's been fun. Yeah, it's, it, it's been great. It's been great to get that coverage uh, into the podcast. So let's take, let's dive right in here on this uh, year end Friday. You know, F&I is such an important area for dealers. Uh, such an important source of profits, and yet it seems like it is really in the crosshairs of federal regulators these days. It is, and that was a concern going into the Biden administration and a all-democratic Congress. There was concern that there was going to be you know, an increased enforcement, increased uh, regulatory oversight of uh, dealerships and F&I practices, and that has come true. One of them was uh, the safeguards rule, which is really about protecting consumers' data, putting a lot of uh, protocols around that and ensuring, you know, trying to avoid letting people, you know, get their uh, credit histories, you know, ripped off and their data sold on the, on the dark web and all that. Uh, but that was delayed into next year for uh, actual enforcement, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be in uh, December of 2022, now uh, June 2023. For, I think for the bigger dealerships that are on top of their kind of cybersecurity and data security, it's maybe not as big a deal, but for smaller businesses, smaller dealerships, it's more of a heavy lift. Um, and that's part of the reason they got a delay for six months is that the FTC kind of realized that the smaller businesses, uh, the smaller dealerships were having difficulty finding qualified people to help them kind of solidify their cybersecurity, their data security. And so they gave them an extra six months to, to work that out. 
it was a it's a tough set of rules, right? Because they had certain demands, you know, that uh, you know, for certain types of hiring, having certain positions, and you know, if you're a a lithia, it's a it's a different scale than if you're just a, a single point, you know, mom and pop shop. It's been a real challenge for some of these smaller dealers to to step up to the new rules. Yeah, and it's you know one of the first you know, rule is you got to appoint a qualified individual to kind of oversee implement and enforce kind of information security program and for some dealerships that may mean hiring somebody and when you're trying to keep you know your costs down and if you got to go and hire somebody to do this then that's an and you know, that's an added cost and so it's been a little bit of burdensome for for some small dealers to get their all their ducks in a row on this and it's you know shown to be a heavy lift for them yeah, there might not be a lot of, uh, you know, qualified IT professionals hanging around, you know, a small town like Monticello, Iowa. You know, it's not, not really handy. Right. We'll encrypt for food. I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, that's, and again, that's why they got the, I think, I think part of the reason they got the extension and, you know, who knows what will happen in 2023 and what that will come and what a what new Congress might uh, Republican-led Congress or House might do. Um, so we'll have to see. Of course, the other uh, big action from the FTC was, uh, you know, really going after F&I profits in the uh, things that they considered, you know, junk fees, uh, services that had no real value. They they did at least acknowledge that some add-ons may have some value <laughs> for, for consumers, but it's definitely this, you know, a really aggressive stance toward the F&I office. Yeah, they, they really went after, you know, they call this kind of bait and switch, junk fees, kind of really took a real shot right at kind of the business that they do. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of F&I folks thought they were just really saying, you're all crooks. And it really struck a chord. And you can see by the response from not only NADA, but all the other kind of organizations that really kind of rallied around and said, wait a minute, you know, this, there may be some problems here. And, and they, you know, NADA will acknowledge, well, we're not perfect, but a lot of the things that they were trying to eliminate didn't really have to do with dealerships or F&I offices. And so that was kind of their big argument. It's like, you're kind of shooting a big gun here and why you should be more of a targeted approach. And, you know, what you're trying to say we're doing, we're not the, really the, the culprits here. How's that uh, message been landing in Washington? I, I feel like uh, it's been like, okay, you can say what you have to say for yourselves, but uh, we're still going to put these rules in place. Yeah, that just kind of was it. Well, we hear you, but that you're not changing our mind. You know, they they say that, you know, auto complaints, auto financing complaints, one of the top three for the FTC year in, year out. And I think they said, well, we received over 100,000 auto-related complaints in 2021. And NADA says, well, there were 42 million cars sold. I think Cox's <laughs> number was a little bit lower, but still we're talking about millions of vehicles sold. Right. And you're talking about 100,000. And NADA came back and said, well, if you got 100,000 some complaints, you didn't investigate them. Some of them could be bogus. They may not be true. And mm-hmm. and they may not be, might, might not be F&I related either. So they have, you know, some good points, I think. And But again, the FTC, they make the rules. So, you know, they're trying to, Think of the consumer and trying to make the, the whole process of buying a car, financing a car, adding products if you want to add on products, uh, protection products, trying to make it easier and simpler for the customer. And that's where they, you know, they say they have the consumer in mind and that's why they're, they're doing what they're doing. 
All right, before we uh, move off of the F&I office completely, uh, I do want to make sure we talk about one of the big macroeconomic trends that's really uh, driving home to that desking process, which is uh, the rising interest rates. Yes. If you saw my grades in uh, macro and microeconomics at Michigan State, you probably wouldn't be asking me these questions. But <laughs> uh, yes, it's, uh, I think, you know, Cox just had their dealer sentiment uh, index came out uh, not long ago and a year ago, dealers' interest rates were concerned of about 2% of the people they polled, dealers that they polled. Uh, this year, quarter, fourth quarter, 2022, 58%. Say it's the top, it's the top concern of dealers going into the new year, and they're, they're concerned about it, not only selling cars, but in the F&I office, they're concerned because interest rates are up, payments are up. That may, that may leave less money for customers to add, you know, different protection products that they might want, they would norm, maybe normally do if their price was lower. But so there's concern that, you know, as interest rates go up, prices go up, F&I profits might go down. Yeah, and affordability of vehicles goes down. You know, heading into this year at the beginning of 2022, uh, interest rates, federal funds rate was still basically zero or between zero and a quarter of a point. Uh, now it's up around 3.8%. Uh, auto loans are running, you know, five and a half to six and a half percent for people with good credit, you know, and the Fed's talking about still adding maybe another point to a point and a half to the Fed funds rate. So we're talking about sort of uh, even prime buyers, for the most part, probably looking at seven, eight percent interest rates on auto loans. Yeah, it's you we get these charts and these tables come in and you know the number of people who are paying over seven hundred dollars a month in a car payment, over a thousand dollars a month in a car payment. Hmm. It just keeps going up and it just, you know, it boggles my mind. And you talk about prime borrowers, but, you know, the, the subprime borrowers are the ones who may just come get completely left out of this. That they're they're they may have no options uh, the way things are going. And we're already seeing a lot of this play out in the used car market where because you, you have to charge a, a much more sizable interest, uh, there's more concern about downside to pricing. So you want to get some decent, you know, down payments. And then suddenly, you know, it's like uh, demand has just dried up when it starts costing that much to actually buy the car. Yeah. I mean, Cars are more than my first two houses cost in. So it's, it's just, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how people can, can do it. It's how they can afford what they're affording. And so I, th- you know, I think there is concern. You know, I think we had a story in our recent F&I section about F&I office managers really kind of concerned that for the first time in a while that they may see their profits dip a little bit. And they've, I mean, it's just been, captives have been money makers for their automaker and the privates as well have been very lucrative but uh, there's concern that, you know, this, this may, 2023 may be a, a difficult uh, year for them. Coming up, Jamie and Dan talk about the issues facing service drives in 2022, including staff shortages and tech challenges. That's next on Daily Drive. Warning, your reconditioning process needs attention. Unexpected shortages and delays can throw off even the most routine recon work, slowing your sales and eating into your bottom line. Identify and fix reconditioning inefficiencies to turn your inventory faster with iRecon. This reconditioning solution, built directly in V-Auto, keeps you in control of your service department and puts your recon on cruise control. 
With real-time alerts and reports, iRecon helps you get ahead of potential issues before they become costly problems. You'll be able to track who's doing the work and how long tasks are taking, see the status of any vehicle in an instant, and make adjustments where needed. And it's all done in an easy-to-use dashboard you can customize to fit your workflow. Obliterate inefficiencies and accelerate your used car sales only with iRecon. Run your personal recon diagnostics with us today and put your process on cruise control. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. We're listening to my conversation with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine about F&I and fixed ops in 2022. Here's more of that conversation. So, of course, the, you know, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates to try to slow the economy a little, keep it from overheating. We've had such a hot jobs market, two job openings for every job seeker in America. And that's uh, been the case in the service lane for quite a while. Here, I'm, I'm making the pivot now to your uh, your other Friday hat, uh, your other editorial hat. But um, this has been a, it's been a real tough market for uh, for service techs. It has been. And it, uh, you know, we could write about trying to find the best way to find the service techs out there. And, you know, we could write about it every week um, and it really hasn't changed much. And there was a lot of effort to try and make things better for them, uh, better working conditions, better pay plans, better benefits. Um, and some of it's working. Uh, there's a lot of mentoring, mentorship programs with the high schools, with community colleges. Despite all this, I think uh, Carlisle and company had a recent you know, benchmarking survey in 2021, 20% of technicians left their left their brand. And they, they've said even this would be even higher if they measured those who left, you know, a dealership and not just the brand. And they put the price of, you know, replacing the tech, you know, finding, recruiting, training a, a tech at $172,000. So that's that's a lot of money when you're, yeah. so when, when one tech walks away. Um, and so it's, you know, been the focus of service departments for quite a while and it continues to be um, service advisors are, you know, leaving dealerships at about a 45, you know, percent clip uh, yearly. Um, and that's understandable. They're at the front lines of, you know, the customer. And they're, they're the ones who get the abuse. Customers who are mad because it's taking longer for their car to get fixed. And that's because there are supply chain issues and parts aren't in. Or I only have, you know, four techs and I've got 20 cars in there. So it's been, you know, it's been a tough road. Um, and so staffing issues at in the service department have has been very difficult and will continue to be, and despite all the efforts to recruit and retain technicians. When you talk about an expense like $150,000, $180,000, you know, one of the things that always has uh, been a challenge for me to wrap my head around is the idea that the service techs are supposed to pay for their own tools, that they, they invest in their own tools, which, you know, gives them the mobility to go from store to store within the same brand. Uh, but that's a lot to ask from somebody who's on the, you know, maybe on the lower end of the of the full full time employment pay scale. It seems like if you're a dealer, it might might be be better for you to just go ahead and and you know finance the tools for these guys rather than let them uh, you know walk out the door and and set you back by six figures. Right. The 
the, the better dealerships, the bigger dealerships have a lot of programs where they'll, if you come work for us, we'll, we'll fund your toolbox. And talking about a kid who's you know just gotten out of school, he's got maybe some debt from his community college or his trade school, and now he's walking in and he's going to have to spend, you know, could be upwards of $100,000 to get a really good toolbox. And then we're not even talking about like then getting EV tools, which are a whole new different set of tools. So it's, it's a big burden. And so the, there are, there are not many, but there are some dealerships who will, will fund that. We'll, we'll pay for your tools. Uh, there, you know, there are some dealerships that will buy you every year. You get new work boots. We'll, we'll buy new work boots. Um, so there are efforts out there to try and make it as you know easy as they can for techs to make them want to come work for you and stay working for you because without them, you're not making money. Dealerships are not making money without technicians. They are turning wrenches and fixing cars. There is some concern though in the industry that there will be maybe a little less demand uh, for service, at least within the franchise dealerships, just because sales have been so depressed during these uh, COVID years. Yeah. We had uh, Lee Harkins, who's a trainer consultant uh, was on with our fixed ops journal forum uh, this past uh, fall. And he said, there's a tsunami coming. It's going to hit us square in the eyes. And a lot of them aren't aware of it, but dealerships service departments rely on new, new vehicles, new sales, because then you've got you've got a new customer for three years at least, you know, because they'll be under warranty. They're going to bring their car back for warranty work, and then gives you an opportunity to look at the wiper blades. And let me do your oil change for you. Let me take those rotate your tires. Oh, look at your brakes are a little, you're a little low. You might need to get a brake job. So, you know, if if sales are down by you know a few million or whatever it might be, that's a few million fewer customers for that are coming in for for service, and their service partners are going to feel this. Um, in, in the not too distant future, and you know, and they better be prepared for a little bit less work, or they're going to have to, you know, step up their efforts to either retain the customers they have, or go find the ones who left them when their warranty ran out after three years, and trying to bring them back in the fold. Yeah, three years of uh, sales being depressed by ten to twenty percent. You know, when you're talking about kind of a demand window of people who bought their cars in the last three years, that's uh, that's pretty scary heading into this. Uh, 2023, 2024 period. Right. Then again, right. Again, we don't know what this next year holds and then the year after that. I mean, I think on the positive side through, you know, the, the great recession through the pandemic service departments have really shown that, you know, they are how vital they are to a dealership. They're often neglected. They're the, called the back end of the dealership uh, as opposed to where sales are the front end. They're, you know, they're not the stars. They're not where the advertising budget goes, not where the marketing budget goes, but a good dealership, half their profits come from service parts collision. And so they're, they've shown a resiliency and they've shown the kind of an importance over the, especially the last few years of the pandemic that they kind of know how to just, how to get things done and how to keep, you know, how to keep making money. Now repair orders are down, but prices are up. So they're making more money, even though they're kind of the repair orders are down and it's just because they're charging more. But again, how sustainable is that? Um, when we're going maybe into a squeezed economy in 2023. It's going to be lots for you to cover. Dan Shine is our senior editor who uh, leads our coverage of F&I and uh, service and parts. So Dan, thank you so much and uh, happy new year. Happy new year, Jamie. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. 
And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on fixed stops, F&I, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a look at Hyundai and Kia's year in 2022. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.